Welcome to the Jesus, Me, and Anxiety podcast, where you can love Jesus and still not be okay every day. I'm your host, Cassie, and I'll be sharing way too personal parts of my journey with anxiety and panic attacks, hoping that together we can find ways to feel free, even if there are a million reasons to feel anxious. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 10 of Jesus, Me, and Anxiety. I'm so excited. It's episode 10, and I thought it would be really fun to do something with the number 10. And this week's episode is all about the Sabbath. I mentioned keeping the Sabbath day holy and observing Sabbath or practicing Sabbath, whatever you want to call it, in my last episode. So if you haven't heard that one, you may want to jump back and listen to last week's episode So you can kind of get an idea of where I'm coming from with the Sabbath. But I wanted to give you 10 things I didn't know about Sabbath because as of January 1st, 2020, this year, my family and I have been practicing keeping the Sabbath day holy every single week, and it has transformed our lives in the best possible way. So we are like a little over six months into this journey. And I will never, ever, ever again be able to live a life without observing the Sabbath. So I'm just going to go down my list of 10 things I didn't know about Sabbath so that you can get an idea of what our Sabbath looks like in a quick version and also get some resources for why would we observe Sabbath? Because a lot of us don't. I never did until January 1st, 2020. So if you're listening to this, there is a high chance that you have never observed the Sabbath or at least not on a regular basis. So um, I'm going to talk to you as if it's kind of a new thing, but maybe it's not to you. Maybe you're just listening to gain some more information or insight onto how somebody else is doing it. So here we go. Number one out of 10 things I didn't know about Sabbath. Number one. You don't have to be Jewish to observe Sabbath. This might sound like completely just ridiculous, but I think in my head, I knew that people observed the Sabbath and that it was a big deal. But yeah, to Jewish people, basically, that's all I thought. And if you're Jewish and listening, bravo on keeping the Sabbath day holy as a part of your natural rhythm of life. Um, I literally just thought it was something that Jewish people did because of, you know, it's part of their history. It's part of their customs. This is just what they do. And as a Christian, I never really was taught hardcore about Sabbath. And so I just assumed that it wasn't really something that we were supposed to do or had to do, or I don't know, that it just wasn't a part of our life. So number one, you don't have to be Jewish because (laughs) number two is it's a commandment. (laughs) So this, again, is like kind of ridiculous to even have to say out loud. But did you know that keeping the Sabbath day holy is a commandment? It's in the Bible. Of course, we know it's in the Bible, but it's in the Bible as a commandment. And what's funny is it's like one of those commandments that like, you know how Jesus, everybody's like, oh, Jesus came and like, you know, kind of took away the law or the like regulations that were laid out, you know, in Exodus and all those, you know, judgy books of the Bible and the Old Testament, you know, Jesus came so grace and love and joy and peace. Kind of sound like a hippie when I say that, but you know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like there's grace. So we don't have to do things. 
basically is what we we kind of tell ourselves like Jesus came there's grace and forgiveness so we don't have to do things if we don't want to i am starting to believe that it's not true it's just not true it's a commandment and jesus didn't change it just like he didn't change the commandment do not murder what he did instead was say hey if you're looking at somebody in a really angry way you've already killed him in your head or you know, if you're looking at a lustful, looking at someone in a lustful way, then you've already committed adultery. So Jesus didn't really like change the commandments. He more so like brought a new light to them and basically said like, hey, I'm requiring more from you. So if anything, he's like, hey, Sabbath is still important. So it's a commandment. It's a big deal. Number three, the Sabbath is a gift. So Going along with like bringing Jesus into this, because I know that's like the number one thing on people's mind. It was on mine. Like, okay, what does Jesus have to say? Where is Jesus in all of this Sabbath talk? Because it sounds like a very Old Testament kind of thing. Well, what did Jesus say about the Sabbath? He said it was a gift from God. In Mark chapter two, he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not the man for Sabbath. Now he's talking because, of course, you know, the religious leaders are like, you know, blaming him or like pointing fingers at him because he's doing stuff on the Sabbath that apparently they don't think he should or whatever. But basically, Jesus is saying, hey, guys, yes, there's like all these laws and stuff, but the Sabbath is a gift. The Sabbath was made for us to enjoy and to to have as a gift from God. And who wouldn't want to enjoy a gift from the creator of the universe? Like, This isn't just like your grandma's knitted sweater for Christmas. This is like a gift from the creator himself, who just so happened to be the first person to ever observe the Sabbath day as holy. So it's kind of a big deal. Oh, and I'm just like on a high about Sabbath, like, you know, facts or whatever. So I'm going to hit you with a fact right here. Did you know that when God was creating the world, if you go back and look in most translations, the Sabbath was the one that he called holy. When he got to the seventh day and he rested, he called that day holy. So you can go back and like do some study on that, but it's like a really big deal to God. Number four, Sabbath is freeing more than it is restricting. So of course, when you start diving into like, okay, what does it mean to keep the Sabbath day holy and observe it and practice the the lifestyle of including Sabbath. Well, you might think it's a lot of no's. Like, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. And while that could be true, and I'm going to talk about some of those things that we don't want to do on Sabbath, it's also the most freeing thing that you can ever do because along the list of things that you can't do or you're not supposed to do on Sabbath is no work. (laughs) And It's funny because I'm in America, and I know that I have listeners all over the world. You precious people, thank you so much for listening, like, all over. But where I am in America and in a lot of other big countries, we have a hard time not working. It's like this gift from God has been just delivered to you from the beginning of time, from creation. God said, He took a seventh day and rested and called it holy. And then he's commanded us to keep the Sabbath day holy. And then Jesus said, it's a gift. So we have this like amazing thing that's like waiting for us to experience. And we can't stop working (laughs) because we are so 
convinced and tied down to the world standards of striving and hustling and getting the job done, whatever it takes, and rising to the top of our corporate ladders and blah, blah, blah. As you can tell, I'm not like a huge advocate for, you know, being like the best of the best if it requires, if it requires too much. And too much is not being able to stop. If you cannot stop working for one full day, for one full 24 hours a week, then it's too much. It's And when we've got to learn to be able to be okay with that. And honestly, I think that's like one of the biggest barriers between most people wanting to accept the Sabbath and not is there is no work. There is no striving. There is no hustling. There is no trying to prove anything. It is literal rest. It's a gift and it's freeing if we let it be. Number five is one of my like favorites because this whole podcast is about anxiety. Number five, Sabbath can reduce anxiety. Okay, so every single week I take a day. So our family does it from Friday night to Saturday night. So it's like Friday around dinner to Saturday around dinner. And I am telling you, I feel different. Now that I've been practicing it for about six months, I can feel a difference in my anxiety levels and my mental space, in my spirit when it comes to Sabbath. My anxiety is down Like this year, it's so crazy. I started a podcast about anxiety, started practicing the Sabbath. And this year, my anxiety has been more in control, especially in the last six months than ever. And our world is out of control. Like the most anxious place that you could live right now is planet Earth because COVID and racial injustice and, you know, just politics and all the things. I mean, it's just bizarre right now. We have so much to fear so much to be anxious about. And I'm telling you, keeping one day a week and just resting has totally changed my anxiety. So that's number six. Number seven is you can enjoy it with others. So whenever I started kind of looking into Sabbath, I kind of like imagined myself, (laughs) um, like, I don't know, this sounds so ridiculous, but you kind of like imagine yourself like, I did. Okay. I was like one of those people that was like meditating, you know, like with my legs crossed and like, I've got this like really solemn look on my face and I'm just like, God, 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 you know, I'm just like really just trying to focus on God and like worship him and like not do anything. Right. So I'm just like not moving. And I'm just like, God, <laughs> which is like so ridiculous. Cause I, I'm like, how am I even going to do that? Right. That's like unrealistic when you have a husband and four kids, especially four small kids. I'm not going to just be sitting with my legs crossed meditating on God. That's so fabulous if you can do that, but I cannot. So my number six is you can enjoy it with other people. You can enjoy it with your family. You can enjoy it with strangers that you meet. Like you can enjoy it with people from your church, from loved ones, like all the way to homeless people. Like you can enjoy it with anyone because the Sabbath was created for all of us. And We can come up with creative ways to enjoy it with others, especially with our kids, which I'll get into in a little bit, but you can enjoy it with others. The next one, number seven, number seven is Sabbath is fun. Okay. So every single week, I literally feel like we're about to go on vacation. 
When Thursday morning comes and I know that it's like, okay, I am almost 24 hours away from Sabbath, I get this like feeling that we're going to wake up and like go on a vacation or something because there's this like excitement and expectancy of rest and my body has like adjusted to it. So it's like by the time Friday morning hits, especially like Friday morning, I'm just like, I already like feel like I'm gravitating into Sabbath mode. Like somebody might ask me to do something on Friday morning and it's not even Sabbath yet. And I'm just like, "Mm, I'm just not sure because it's almost Sabbath. (laughs) Like I'm already getting into this rest mode, which is so crazy because it's like Sabbath. Once you start practicing true rest, you really get a handle on like what you want to do, what's important to you and what you don't want to do, what's not important to you. And Honestly, I've been able to say like a very healthy no more often than ever because by keeping those 24 hours like very sacred and very like, I'm going to rest, I'm not going to strive, I'm going to like spend more time with God and my family and really focus this time intentionally on the Lord and what He's doing, I like that has infiltrated the rest of my week. So I have wanted to spend more time with Him on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday And I've wanted to kind of allow that restful state to stay with me more than just that 24 hours. So anyways, it's so fun. I mean, one of the like biggest things about Sabbath is feasting. So like every Friday night we feast, whether we buy food beforehand or I make something special, we always get this special dessert that we let the kids pick out or I'll pick out or I'll make something. And it's just like, this feast and fun and celebration. And it's like, why would I not want this every week? You know? Okay. Number eight, Sabbath looks different for everyone. This is so important. I have heard tons of testimonies on Sabbath. I've been listening to and reading so much on it this year and last year in preparation. And I'm telling you, everyone does it different, especially like us Christians. So of course the Jews have, you know, more of a traditional very ritual aspect to what they do, and that is beautiful in what it is. But there are a lot of Christians who practice Sabbath in a different way, you know, with small kids versus older kids, single versus married, um, with other people, without other people. There are so many ways that you can practice Sabbath, but it looks different. And don't be intimidated if you have six or seven kids and you're like, how am I going to practice rest? (laughs) Because I have six or seven kids running around. I totally understand. I mean, I only have four kids, but I understand the fact of like, how am I going to get my three-year-old to understand like we're resting now? It's time to like let mommy not do anything because I'm not working. Obviously, we've got to still, you know, make sure our kids are safe and, you know, they're still parenting on Sabbath, but we're not striving and we're not trying to prove anything. We're not working extra, doing chores, all of those things. We are doing Sabbath according to like what our family looks like, you know. So again, I'm not just going to like close my door and lock it and let my three and four-year-old just do whatever they want because I'm resting. (laughs) But I am going to really, in my spirit and my mind, come into a place of like, okay, I'm in rest mode. And even though I have to do like whatever for my three-year-old, I'm still resting. I'm still in a place of like, I am not striving. I'm not rushing. I'm really just enjoying the Sabbath. Okay, number nine. This is a big one for me. 
Sabbath is about trust. Okay. I say that this is a big one for me because I, I think I've probably talked about this a million times by now. I like to be in control. I'm an Enneagram 8. I want to control things. And I, my, like one of my biggest fears is being controlled. (laughs) I think that is the biggest fear of an Enneagram 8, literally to be controlled. Um, I don't like it. And I like to be in control. I like to know what's coming. I like to control what's coming and control what's happening. And to me, trust is a really hard thing. And even trusting God has been a hard thing my whole life. And I've been a Christian since I was like five years old. But trusting God enough to say, hey, God, for these 24 hours, every single week, I'm not striving. I'm not working. I'm not going to try to like get a side job or whatever. I am literally saying to you, I don't have to work 24-7 because you are my provider. You are the source of my income. You are the source of my provision. And I am resting in the fact that, hey, it took you six days to create the entire world. And on the seventh day, you rested. So in my six days every week, I can accomplish plenty enough so that I can rest on that seventh day and not have to continue to work 24-7 like our society sometimes tells us is necessary. It's just not the truth. When God is your provider and when you trust Him, Sabbath can be a relinquishing of control just to say, you know what, God, you're my provider. And I'm not living on the world standards that say I can't take 24 hours off because, you know, I need to prove and work and keep going. That's just not the truth. And for me, honestly, for me and my family— And I don't say this to boast about us. I say this to boast about the Lord. We have been keeping the Sabbath day holy and observing it since the first week of January. So for about six months. And I am telling you, we have seen the most beautiful provision for our family than we have ever seen before. Dreams are starting to come unearthed. We started a business. It has, it's really in the last like month or so really starting to take off. Um, we just have so much more like peace in our finances, like all through COVID-19 and, you know, my work hours were cut and Vaughn, you know, was home some. And, you know, obviously there, there just was a lot going on and still is a lot going on in the finances of a lot of people in our world, and our country especially. And man, I am telling you, we have just given it to the Lord and we have felt so safe and so provided for and taken care of. And we have not felt lack from taking that 24 hours. That's all I'll say. If anything, we have felt an abundance happen in our life. And so I would say if you are even questioning it at all, just to remember that like he is the owner of everything. And if you think you can't take 24 hours off, you are sadly mistaken. He is the God of all gods, the God of the universe. He will take care of you. You honor this day and keep it holy and intentionally worship him with this time. I'm telling you, he will take care of you. Because number 10 is Sabbath is necessary. And I'm gonna just say, I know that this might be like, I don't know, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just something that you'll accept, or maybe it's just kind of one of those things that's like, eh, I'm not so sure about that one, Cassie. I'm telling you, Sabbath is necessary. And I say that because of all the other nine things I said, 
It's a commandment. God asked us to do it. No, God commanded us to do it. He is in charge. Um, Jesus told us it was a gift. He reminded us by coming and saying, hey, I'm not taking this away because it's a gift. It's not something that's like, you know, a sacrifice. It may seem like it at first, but it is a gift for us. Um, it's freeing. It's enjoyable. It's it's about trusting God and relinquishing control. It reduces anxiety. It's fun. It's like a mini vacation every week. You can make it how you want to do it. And it's all about honoring what God asked us to do or commanded us to do and doing it with the right heart and the right motives. And I'm just going to end this podcast by telling you kind of what our Sabbath looks like, what we've done, because for me, the best way to see Sabbath was really somebody walking me through what theirs looks like and me going, oh, that's what Sabbath is. That's what I want to do. So here's what our Sabbath looks like. We do it on Friday nights into Saturday, like I said, and Friday evenings are a feast. So what we do is Vaughn, usually my husband gets home around like 5.15. And normally by six is when we want to be like sitting down for our dinner feast and lighting our candles. So we have taken, and I'm going to give you some resources. We have taken like different things from different people, different books, and even Jewish culture and kind of established a little bit of our own rhythm. And sometimes these things are interchangeable and some things are just like we do it every single week no matter what. So the one thing, one of the things that we do at the beginning of Sabbath every single week no matter what is we light our two candles. And this is a Jewish custom or tradition. And we light these two candles that represent observing and remembering Sabbath. And basically, it comes from the two times that Sabbath was commanded. It was commanded that they observe the Sabbath day and call it holy, and the other one was keep the Sabbath day holy. So we light those two candles to start our night. We usually let those candles burn all night, and it's precious. Like, I don't even know what it is about candles, but there's something about lighting those candles. It sets the atmosphere and the tone like we're entering Sabbath. And my kids, they're all shouting, remember, observe, remember, observe, Um, because they are just as excited about Sabbath now as we are. And then we sit down to our feast, whether it's something I've made or something we picked up. Now, a lot of people, you know, they don't believe in spending money on Sabbath or buying anything. Um, I can't say that we've always kept that. It may be something that we evolve into, but we, um, you know, sometimes we do buy dinner on Friday nights. And so that I don't have to cook because that's kind of part of my rest. And we feast, man. We get things that we don't normally get, like, I don't know, a couple of extra sides of extra fries or, you know, just like food that we don't eat on a normal basis. And sometimes I let the kids pick. And sometimes I'm like, really sorry that I even let them do that. But it is what it is because it's Sabbath. And we make an awesome dessert or we buy an awesome dessert and we just feast together. And we go around the table and we talk about our week and talk about all the great things that have happened. We always ask the kids, like, what are your highlights from the week? Or what was one of your favorite things this week? Um, We really try to be intentional with our conversation on Sabbath night and just really, like, make sure the kids realize that this is like an intentional time of, 
like honoring the Lord by celebrating the goodness of that week. And also, you know, if there's any prayer requests that have come up that week, like what can we bring to the Lord tonight? And so we kind of do that. And sometimes we do communion either before or after dinner. We'll incorporate that. Um, And we always, always, always do worship and prayer. So after dinner, we really take our time with dinner on Sabbath. Like other days of the week, we may be rushing to a practice or rehearsal or the next thing that we have to do. But on Friday nights, we just let dinner last until we can't sit in the chairs anymore. We just really let it be what it is. Um, Because again, we're not striving. We're not rushing to clean everything up. We're not like trying to keep everything perfect. We're literally just like in rest mode. And so then we just at some point make our way over to the living room and we start worship and prayer. And sometimes, you know, in Jewish custom, it's a, a normal thing for the man to bless his wife and then he and his wife to bless the children. And that is so beautiful. We've actually done that quite a few times with the verse from Numbers, the, um, you know, may the Lord keep you, bless you, keep you, may his face shine upon you. That whole verse, we we sometimes pray over each other. And sometimes we just pray what, you know, what we feel like the Lord is saying or use that time to prophesy over each other, encourage each other. And we always, always, always worship. Now, our family is super musical. My husband plays a few things as far as instruments. My daughters sing to the top of their lungs. My little kids love to get out instruments and banners and flags and scarves and just go nuts with worship. So we sometimes spend an hour, hour and a half in worship and prayer. And it is just, oh my gosh, it's my most favorite thing of the week. Like when when I think about Sabbath, like that's the one thing that I think about the most. Of course, feasting and all that stuff is fun. But when we worship God together as a family and we take that time just to honor Him together, it oh, it is just the most like, peaceful thing I've ever experienced. And we've always done like worship together as a family, but we do this extended time on Sabbath because we have nothing else to do. There is no agenda. This is something that I should have said. We actually cover all of the clocks in our home and we don't do any electronics on Friday nights. So we, you know, put away all the phones or whatever there is that has the time on it. So we don't keep track of time. We literally just allow our bodies to enter into like a natural rhythm of rest and just like, we're just going to worship God until we feel like it's over. You know, there is no like, okay, it's eight o'clock, it's bedtime. We just like allow time to go. And that is like another thing that's really hard for us Americans. Like we're kind of like, okay, it's eight o'clock when you do this. Okay, it's 830, do this. Like, And I'm like that. I'm a very scheduled person. But on Sabbath, we cover all the clocks, we get rid of them, and we just let naturally time pass by and do what feels honoring to the Lord and to each other. And then because we don't do electronics, we um, most of the time during worship, my two little ones fall asleep at some point. So we tuck them in, and then we either just spend time with our older kids talking Or, you know, if there's a game that they've been wanting to play, we'll just do some family game time or whatever it is until we kind of just feel like, hey, it's time to crash. We don't know what time it is, but we feel tired. We're going to go to sleep. And we all go to sleep. And and then on Saturdays, we sometimes, you know, continue without electronics or 
Sometimes we'll do movie day or sometimes we'll go outside and play and go for walks. And one thing that I'm really big about is connecting God with nature with my kids. So, you know, I'm constantly like wanting to be outside and marvel at the beauty that God created around us. So that's something that we enjoy doing. And again, Saturdays are kind of like one of those days of the week where people do stuff. So like sometimes people will want us to come over or we'll have people over and it's part of our Sabbath. And we just, we stay in our restful state and our honoring God state and our intentionality with Him. And so we read more, we pray more, we spend time together more intentionally. And when others come into that, we just invite them into it. And you know, we've let people know like, hey, it's Sabbath, just so you know, like <laughs> we're not striving. I'm not like cleaning up like crazy or, you know, doing anything like that. Like we're just in a in a day of rest. So anyways, it looks different for everybody. I could go on and on about different things that we've tried and done, but I want to end it by giving you resources. The book that I read that like just changed the game for me was called Keeping the Sabbath Holy. It's W-H-O-L-L-Y keeping the sabbath holy by marva dawn it's on amazon it's cheap please get it and then the two podcasts that i would encourage you to listen to um the first one is fight hustle and hurry it's literally called that fight hustle and hurry podcast it's by john mark comer and oh my gosh i can't remember the other guy's name i think it's jeff something um they do a podcast that incorporates a lot about sabbath and just rest in general and unhurrying. And then the Bridgetown podcast, I probably have referenced this a few times already, but Bridgetown podcast from October 2019 to December 2019, they did a series called Unhurrying with the Rule of Life. And it's all about different ways to unhurry in our society. And the Sabbath is a big part of that. So give those things a read and a listen. If you have any questions about what Sabbath looks like, go to the Word of God. Start there and then start with other resources and pull from Jewish traditions and customs and pull from, you know, non-traditional things that people are incorporating in the 21st century and make it your own because that's what's going to be the most beautiful thing that you can experience is keeping the Sabbath day holy the way that it looks for you and your personal relationship with God. And I'm telling you, your anxiety, it will get a kick. Like it will go down because you are literally practicing rest and anxiety and like does not like rest. <laughs> like anxiety lives on the hustle and bustle and it grows with the hustle and bustle. But when you start to diminish that and start to rest, I really truly believe you will see a difference in your anxiety as well. Thanks for listening to the Jesus, Me, and Anxiety podcast. I would love to hear from you. So if you'd like to share your journey with me, email Anxiety at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Cassie Russell. This podcast was produced by Phoenix Creative, which happens to be my amazing husband's company. So check it out at myphoenixcreative.com. <laughs>